This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim the Sunday Mass readings. Well, we are entering the third Sunday of Ordinary Time, the third week, and we have a great theme that ties these stories together. We're going to hear from the prophet Jonah today, as well as get a sense of Jesus's call, call of the apostles as he begins his public ministry and calls those who he has chosen to be in his inner circle. So we'll hear a little bit about that today as we look at the gospel of Mark. And so there's a bit of a theme. I've included some clocks in this particular podcast. Time's running out. You know, how do you look at the time that you have each and every day? Do you seize the moment and is your clock ticking? So keep those things in mind as we hear from the scriptures today. I want to begin with the collect prayer that opens us to really focus in as we hear the word. The word is the first part of the celebration of the the sacrifice of the mass is the word of God. And then we have the Holy Eucharist. But really, as we encounter God's word, that helps us to really be open, uh, to let go of our own intentions, our own desires, our selfish desires, and to let the word penetrate us and to work in our lives. And so let's hear the prayer of the church as she prays for us as we come together and celebrate the Holy Eucharist. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure, that in the name of your beloved Son, we may abound in good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading is a reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh, according to the Lord's bidding. Now Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city, and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. 
when God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil way, he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do to them. He did not carry it out. The Word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm, Teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Our second reading is a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. From now on, let those having wives act as not having them, those weeping as not weeping, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not owning, those using the world as not using it fully. For the world in its present form is passing away. The word of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaimed the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat along with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So on this third Sunday in Ordinary Time, we hear from the prophet Jonah. As I looked back into the scriptures for that, I noticed, and wow, Jonah is a really short book in the Bible. And so it's worth your time to get your Bible out and to go ahead and turn to the book of Jonah because it really is uh, four chapters. It's really small. And we just get verse or chapter three, that is in the very beginning of chapter three in a little bit to see what the response is of the Ninevites. But what is interesting, if you, of course, read and we have the the story of Jonah getting swallowed by the whale or the big fish, it doesn't really say whale. I don't know if there was a Hebrew word for whale that was used, but it's a big fish that could swallow a guy. But we hear 
at the very beginning of the story in Jonah is Jonah's call by God to go to Nineveh. And so the very second line in the first chapter of Jonah is, you know, this is the word of the Lord that came to Jonah, set out for the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Their wickedness has come before me. So the Lord has seen and is recognizing the wickedness of these people. And we get in the scriptures today that it's a large city. You know, I don't know if you have a large city next to you. We've got Seattle and we've got Portland that maybe are like a Nineveh. And Jonah, he immediately, what does he do? He flees to Tarshish away from the Lord. So, so <laughs> Jonah gets called by the Lord. And what does he do? He immediately turns the other way. And I've read a couple of commentaries that Jonah really didn't like the Ninevites. The Ninevites were not following the Lord. And I don't think Jonah thought that they were worthy of having God's mercy touch them. And so, you know, he didn't apparently want to have anything to do with helping the Ninevites to turn from their ways. Have you ever found a group of people or even just a person? It could be somebody that you know personally in your own family, in your own community, in your own church, or maybe in your 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 place of business that you go, those people, that person just doesn't even deserve. Have you ever been tempted to say that doesn't even deserve God's love, doesn't really deserve God's mercy, you know, will never change. They certainly will never change their ways. I mean, once again, we're in a political season. And it's very easy for us to look at all of the different people that are running for all of the different offices and say, oh, they will never change their ways. Well, guess what? We don't know. Only God is the one who knows. And guess what? We're not the ones who get to judge them. But we certainly get an opportunity, as God even calls us, and Jesus reminds us to love our enemies. So here is Jonah and he goes on to a ship in order to flee from God's plan. Now, we may not resort to going on a ship and hanging out with these mariners who get into a big, huge storm of the sea, but there may be times in our lives, if we sit and really think about, has there been a time in my life where I have tried to avoid God's plan? Uh, avoid God's invitation for me to make right a wrong that I have influence in, that I've been called to be a preacher. You may say, oh, I'm not a preacher. Well, Moses didn't think he was a preacher, <laughs> but God used Moses. He put with Moses somebody like an Aaron who was uh, eloquent with his speech. But Jonah is fleeing from the call that God has placed before him. And God will use Jonah for the betterment of the Ninevites. And so Jonah's on this ship. The ship is under misfortune. All of the different shipmates are wondering, well, whose God is angry? Because somebody here has angered their gods and we are in this really horrible situation on the sea. And Jonah's sleeping. Can you imagine this? He's just sleeping down below. I think the nerve of him. And finally, he admits, okay, it's probably me. I've been disobeying God. And so 
you know, the men don't really want to throw him off and they don't want to be responsible for his uh, death, but off he goes off board. And of course, the story goes that a big fish, you know, for three days, isn't it interesting for three days, Jonah is in the darkness of uh, the belly of the fish. What's beautiful about the book of Jonah, if you go to chapter two, verses three through 11, Jonah has this psalm of thanksgiving and he comes to terms with his situation that he has turned away from God and he recognizes out of my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from the midst of the nether world. I cried for help and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood enveloped me. All your breakers and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am banished from your sight. Yet would I again look up on your holy temple? The waters swirled about me, threatening my life. The abyss enveloped me. Seaweed clung about my head. Down I went to the roots of the mountains, the bars of the netherworld were closing behind me forever. But, Jonah says, you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer reached you in your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their source of mercy. But I, with resounding praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance is from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? You know, that's the, the psalm of thanksgiving for Jonah. Jonah makes right his wrong. And it says, then the Lord commanded the fish to spew Jonah up on the shore. And then we get today's reading. You see, you see why the word of God is just so amazing. You know, there's just nothing else like it. Obviously, there's nothing else like it. But when you just take a piece and, you know, Holy Mother Church in the liturgy, we get this piece of the word. But then what we're invited to do is to chew on that word, to take that word. Okay, what happened right before this? What happened right after this? What's going on in the story? Not, not like I don't apply everything that relates to me in my life in 2024 to what's happening to Jonah back in his day. It's different, but there are principles. There are things that we learn from the characters of the Bible. Most importantly, let's learn about God's love, his faithful love. It endures forever. God continues to pour out his love over his people, regardless of if we abandon him. You know, if we decide like Jonah, you know, those people over there, my coworkers, my boss, uh, my neighbors, the people that own that store or the politicians that are running for that office, they don't deserve my love. No, they do deserve my love. They deserve God's love. And in fact, it may be because they have some wounded relationship because they've had some kind of difficulty in their own lives that they're acting out the way that they are. We don't know. It's not up to judge. But we get the opportunity like Jonah did. Jonah got the opportunity to work for the Lord and to preach to the people 
and to let them know, hey, you're not following the Lord. I mean, he went out to a city that was a rough city. I mean, we heard that there were horrible offenses. I mean, I'm just doing the Bible in a year. And we're on, you know, the first two weeks of the Bible, which is Genesis. And we've seen in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, a lot of uh, horrific things that people would do to one another, specifically in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, that the humanity has fallen and is tempted time and time again, that wickedness will reign in their hearts. And the Lord wants to pour out mercy. And so the Lord has seen in this place, Nineveh, that there's been wickedness. And Jonah's called to bring about a different word, to bring about the gospel message. Now, not Jesus Christ yet, but he comes to preach. And here's the tie into the gospel, right? Because Jonah preaches about repentance, Jonah preaches repentance. Jonah says, 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed. And so he says, announce the message that I will tell you. And so Jonah announces the message. And what happens? Miraculous things happen. Not because of Jonah, Although because Jonah was obedient to God, then the mercy could happen. And then all of a sudden, the people from the littlest creatures to the, to the kings and the leaders of the community of, of Nineveh start to, uh, to cover themselves with sackcloth. And they start to proclaim a fast. And they start to repent of the wrongs that they did. And when God saw by their actions how they turned from their evil ways, he repented of what he was going to do to them. You know, it's beautiful that we, even in our um, inability sometimes, maybe our, our re reluctance to do the right thing, See, Jonah had a second chance and he came back and he said, okay, I'm going to go out there. He wasn't too happy about it, but he did the right thing. When have we, and we will time and time and time again, we will be faced with an opportunity to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And sometimes the wrong thing, most of the time, it'll be easier. Maybe nobody will notice. Oh. Uh, how come he's always showing up to work late and he leaves early and he still gets paid the same as I do? And I come in early, I stay late, I work through my lunch. Well, what if I just start sloughing off? And if I just start to kind of be lazy, that's the temptation. Well, if it worked for him or her, why can't it work for me? No, we can't make those kinds of justifications on doing something wrong. And so when we're faced with those decisions, do I do the right thing? Do I do the wrong thing? Do I do God's will? Do I do my will? We have to really look at ourselves in the mirror. Whose am I? Whose am I made in the image and likeness of? As St. Paul told us before in the God, in, in his writings, you know, we are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, body and soul. 
God gave us that soul that we are to care for, and we care for both the body and the soul. St. Paul to the Corinthians is saying, time is running out. You know, how we look at our lives, it's not to be lavish. It's not to waste time. It's not to just think that everything is for me and I could do whatever I want. No, but time is, is running out. And he says, for the world in its present form is passing away. In, in Jonah's message, he said, 40 days more. There's a time limit here, folks that Nineveh will be destroyed. You need to get straight with your act with God. And and Paul's saying, time is running out. And guess what Jesus says? He says, and and, and think of the time frame. See, in this part of Mark, we hear that John the Baptist has been arrested. So now John the Baptist has been doing his job. He's been working to gather the people to start to proclaim that repent message, repent and believe, you know, behold, the son of God is coming. He's here, the Messiah, get ready for the Messiah. It's not me, it's him. And now John the Baptist is not in the scene. He's been arrested. So Jesus is taking up with his job to proclaim. And he goes to Galilee He goes to the fishermen, the men that he's been working with. He's been talking to these men, this Peter, this this Simon, this Andrew, this James and John. He's been talking to them. They know who this Jesus is, but Jesus goes to their workplace. He goes to to even where their identity comes from. You know, in in this case, certainly their livelihood, probably generations of these men have been around their life as fishermen. So whether you like it or not, this is who I am. This is how I identify myself. These are the skills that I have honed is to be a great fisherman so I can provide for my family, so I can provide for myself and have something to to look at that this is who I am. And Jesus comes right in their lives, right into what defines them to give them a new definition. You know, and he even uses the phrase, I will make you fishers of men. You define yourself as fishermen, but I want you to take those skills that you used as a fisherman to serve one another, to serve your father, but I want you to use them for me and for my father, for the heavenly father. We've got a bigger mission ahead of us. Time is running out. And Jesus says, this is the time of fulfillment. Listen, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news. The Messiah is here. So now these men, Simon and Andrew and James and John, have a choice. Just like Jonah had a choice. Jonah had a choice to go back from being in the belly of the whale for three days and and realize, no, I've got to do what God calls me to do. And so now in in the midst of what they are comfortable with, what they know and what they understand, fishing, God is calling these men out and saying, you use what I have given you. You use what my father has given you, but now we're going to use it 
for other men. You're going to be fishers of men. You're going to bring souls to me so I can present them to my father in heaven. Wow. And they did that. They left what they knew. They didn't understand the call, but they were obedient to the call. And while we may not understand the call that we have every minute of our lives, we respond with love and obedience to follow the call of God. We also are fishers of men and women in whatever realm that you've been given talents, whether that's in number crunching, whether that's in your artistic work, whether that's in preaching, whether that's in listening, whether that's in being a friend, whether that's in sewing or baking, whatever it is, God's given you gifts now to make fishers of men, to be disciples, to make more disciples. And I encourage you as I encourage myself, as we go into this new year and we think about what are those gifts? What are those talents? What are those things that I like to do? Maybe those things that I don't like to do, but I do them well because God's given me a knack for them. How will I now, because time is running short, because the clock is ticking, how will I use those gifts? How will I share those gifts? Not for myself, not for a paycheck, but so we can bring more souls to Jesus Christ and he will bring those souls to his father in heaven. Let's continue to be those fishers of men, to follow in the footsteps of the apostles and to continue to seize every moment that we have and bring our loaves and fishes to the feet of Jesus Christ. May God be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.